Wimty Podcast. Back at it. Just going to get right into it. Our guest tonight is Parker Destin. He was, uh, he's been on here before. There's been some recent developments uh, w- within the, the city. This this one is as local as you can get. If you're a resident of, I- I'd say, Oakless County, much more direct, uh, Destin, Niceville, th- this one's for you. There's some, uh, some very direct things here. There's a lot of really, really, really great information here. Um, if you're concerned about the bridge and, and, and the recent shutdown uh, of said bridge, you should listen to this. If you're concerned about uh, about the community, this is definitely for you. If not, if you live in Tennessee, uh, skip forward to the next one because you, you'll probably there's there's a lot of things here that are going to be discussed that you probably won't understand. But uh, we did it late t- for you guys tonight on a fucking Tuesday. Uh, post trivia that uh, that Shane and I host on every Tuesday at Mellow Mushroom in Destin, Florida, from seven to nine, three dollars Sweetwaters. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I guess tonight uh, for making a second time on the WMT podcast is Mr. Parker Destin. Please join us in welcoming him, and I hope you uh, learn something and enjoy listening to this. All right, we were just uh, we were just getting started, but I figured we were going to have some pretty good content before we get into some serious matters. We were talking, we were discussing Coca Cola cake, which I know very little about, but we were talking about how, um, you know, I went I went back home to see well back home an hour north to see my family, and uh, they had a Coca Cola cake from Cracker Barrel, and I'm I'm not really I had never really heard of that, but apparently it's a thing. Shane's looking it up right now, so we'll get into that. But anyway, uh, my dad was telling me that. Every time he goes to a restaurant, something of his order is wrong. And uh, so, like, I guess the reason why he has this is the, the group that he was with, they buy him a Coca-Cola cake every year now because he was talking about how, like, his dinner wasn't that good, but he's about to eat that Coca-Cola cake. So they were out of Coca-Cola cake. And oh. this is right after he was telling them, like, there's always something wrong with my order. So then, like, he, he wanted, like, an apple dumpling or something like that. And they were out of that as well. So he ended up getting, like, I don't know, like a brownie a la mode or something like that. <laughs> And he's like, that, you know, that's what I was talking about. But I, I was also like, man, how good was that brownie, though? I mean, still pretty good. So what what do you have on Coca-Cola cake, Shane? As, as, as far as I know, Coca-Cola cake is basically just that. Like, it's a chocolate cake with three tablespoons of Coca-Cola. It's nothing. It's got nothing in it. I mean, it sounds horrible. So do they do it just to, because it's only three tablespoons, so do they do it just to call it a Coca-Cola cake? Like, could you put three tablespoons of Sprite in it and call it a Sprite chocolate cake? Yeah. Probably. There literally is, is, is what's 7-Up cake. Same shit. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Wait, you, it exists? 7-Up? Yeah, 7-Up yeah, So cake. maybe like the acidity or something mm-hmm. takes place of the baking powder maybe or something like that that they put in it? Who knows? Nah. But anyway, yeah, so Coca-Cola cake is a thing. I learned that this weekend. Um, well, you know... Cracker Barrel's based out of what Lebanon, Tennessee. Is that you know they is know it is true. <laughs> yeah, how do you, how no, you know that? How do you know? Listen, as, that a, <laughs> yeah, as a man who frequents <laughs> Cracker Barrel, oh, I love Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you get? Everything. Really? No, I, they serve breakfast all the time. Yeah. No, oh, it's wonderful. No, but as little a, chicken fried chicken. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The country fried steak. I do, I do like those chicken and dumplings. Every time I'm sick, I go get. Uh, you order, Every you, time I'm sick, I got a cracker barrel. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I order it. I, I get it to go. But you don't order by like 
uh, uh, you know, like, oh, I want one portion. It's how many people you're trying to feed. And I'm like, bitch, I'm trying to feed like four. <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get a shitload of chicken dumplings. Yeah. But to the point, like, I, you know, I don't know how Coca-Cola could enhance a chocolate cake, but at some level it's got to be marketing. If you're, if you're Cracker Barrel and you know your demographic from the southeast where Coke is king, I don't know. Maybe that's the way to sell otherwise plain chocolate cake to somebody. Yeah. You know, I've never been a brownie fan until about two years ago. Um, my wife, rather than using vegetable oil, she used coconut oil. So we get like this dark fudge brownie mix and and use coconut oil rather than and now I can't eat enough of those things. Like if we make them, they're they're pretty much gone instantly. Coconut oil. I heard that's bad for you. So what? You're not actually supposed to eat that much coconut oil. I know if you eat a lot of raw oh. coconut, you'll. You're going to have digestion yeah. issues on the other end. Mm, well, that, well, that's any oil, too, especially like MCT oil or something. If you have more than a tablespoon of MCT oil and you're not used to it, you're going to shit your pants. What's MCT oil? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like coconut oil, but but different. I don't know enough about it to really talk on it. Um, um, I put it in my smoothies because it's supposed to uh, aid, like, especially if you have a lot of greens and a lot of nutrients. Like if your smoothie is nutrient-based, the MCT oil allows for max absorption of all those nutrients. So you're getting more bang for your buck out of it. If you're, if you're drinking the smoothies for nutrients does that make sense yeah because it, 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 it attaches to the fat of the of this specific mct oil to 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 directly absorb into your body yeah so if you don't i mean <laughs> we're trying to make kale smoothies valuable <laughs> to your body yeah <laughs> yeah because otherwise your body will only absorb so much of it and just dismiss the rest if you add mct oil to it, your body gets all of it hmm. interesting but Back to the brownies, you only used a quarter of a cup in the whole pan. So you're really probably only getting a tiny bit of the said coconut oil in each brownie. Unless you're trying to house the whole the whole pan of brownies. What you're trying to do. Not in one night. You said you like can't that. get enough of it. But you, yeah, but you make it last three or four days. I'm talking like a brownie a day. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. I don't even try for those sort of ambitious yeah, goals. That's, I, that's I, I knock bullshit. out. Yeah. yeah, I knock out half a pan in one sitting. Yeah. <laughs> Give me all the corners. <laughs> Dude, have, you, have you seen the brownie pans oh, yeah. that have the S in it? So oh, you they're, get, all so corners. they're all corners. They're all corners. Man, you can tell that uh, that we've been at trivia all night because uh, we're just sitting around <laughs> discussing useless facts that have absolutely nothing to do with the reason why we did I haven't even introduced my guests uh, tonight you'll obviously know it because you'll see it in the notes but my, my guest tonight is uh let's see restaurant tour city councilman bridge authority chairman tourist development member yeah yeah what else i can't think of the other ones but seafood seafood alliance i'd like to think that good work just gets rewarded with more work yeah, bar but, owner. Yeah, at some level though, I'm running out of days, <laughs> days in the guest. week, hours in the day. What how do you how it? do you keep your shit? Do you have a Google Calendar? Do you use Google I Calendar? Have a, I have an an extremely organized wife. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, Does she use Google Calendar? I think she, I have no idea. <laughs> she uses because like, that's my lifeblood. She has like a really good wooden spoon. She hits me up the side of the head with to tell me when I'm late and when I'm not doing uh-huh. right. So it works though. Yeah. Because I'm I'm stretched like taffy most of the time. I, obviously, man, I know that. And uh, that being said, man, you know we always appreciate having you in here, man. I know your time's extremely valuable. Uh, we're here. We're in here. What? It's almost ten o'clock now. 
on a Tuesday night. I know that's probably not ideal for you, but there have been some big some big things going in, uh, some very topical things going on in the city. Uh, that's also uh, there's a large amount of misinformation of people that think they know what they're speaking about that really don't. Uh, the the main thing tonight that we're trying to to speak on is this whole Mid Bay Bridge closure. And uh, the misinformation that's kind of surrounded that. Um, we discussed you getting on here three or four days ago. I understand there's a resolution now that it's it's going to open maybe tomorrow. Correct. Or something like that. But, I mean, if you just want kind of want to start out, first of all, everyone knows the Mid-Bay Bridge is closed right now. Um, also, this if you haven't figured out yet, this is a very local podcast tonight. So if you're listening in Tennessee, this probably isn't your shit. Um, but, but anyway... Um, yeah, just go ahead and start, man, if you want to give a little bit of history, just so people know kind of what's going on. So what's going on is basically the bridge is a different style bridge than the, most of the bridges that are around northwest Florida. It's because of the distance that it has to cover. You know, the bridge is almost four miles long, which is different than the Brooks Bridge or the Destin Bridge. And as such, the Midbay Bridge is basically just a series of big concrete 50-foot segments that are held together with these it's like a suspension bridge, basically, but instead of like the Golden Gate Bridge where the steel's on the outside and it hangs, the steel for the bridge that holds it together is on the inside of the bridge in these big, giant, hollow compartments in each bridge segment. And the steel that is held at tension basically holds the bridge together. And there are about six different segments of steel cable within each bridge segment and what occurred is last week during one of the bridge authorities semi-annual bridge inspections they discovered two of the several dozen segments um, two of them had some bridge tendon uh, degradation and corrosion inside of it and so out of an abundance of caution you close down the bridge you get in there find out exactly how bad it is and um, luckily um, we've been able to order what's called yeah, engineering world engineering speak they're basically tension rods that will hold mechanically the segments of the bridge together while we replace a couple of the the st the, the steel um suspension wires so maybe like a clamp that holds basically. it together kind of to where you can cut out a section right. replace it take the clamps off and beautiful yeah exactly that's intention. that's a much simpler way of yeah. explaining it and that's exactly what's happening yeah. and so when we've we're in the midst of installing those right as we speak the fdot has been working night and day since the bridge went down um last week to install these and they're going to be done probably in the middle of the night tonight at which point by tomorrow afternoon we should have an open bridge mm -hmm. open to traffic and then we'll spend the next two weeks replacing the uh the wires yeah so Okay, so the this is where it gets kind of interesting because that's that's a pretty simple explanation, you know. I I understand all of that. Um, where it gets kind of weird is people want to know because they're spending so much money to go over all this all this. Um, why wasn't that something that was discovered sooner? Maybe, um, and it has been discovered. So basically, we have two annual inspections. We go in, we identify certain bridge tendons within the compartments that are looking like they probably need to be replaced and or some of them that that you can just watch for a while you ever been to the dentist and he goes oh you got a couple spots right here but we're not gonna f we're not gonna fill them right now we're gonna 
we're just going to watch them for a while, and mm-hmm. if it gets bad enough, then we'll replace uh, and, and fill it with a filling. Basically, we're doing the same thing. Um, the two spots that we had seen had been identified in the previous bridge inspection, but um, when we went in this 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 time in January, we discovered that you know you can't push the envelope anymore on those two, so we need to we need to replace them. So that's how I mean the system is working, and also the system works if you have to go in and replace those. Uh, you want to do it in the least impactful time of year. Um, so right now, that's why it's happening in January instead mm-hmm. of you know oh you know we just discovered that the bridge is you know imperiled and we have to close down in June. Yeah, you know that could be catastrophic for the economy so if there is a time to do it you know now would be the best time so that's sort of the system doing is that exactly a coincidence way... what's that is that a coincidence no 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 i mean the few tendons... is that just one of those like god oh, we got lucky like no, our, no. our least busiest time is the time that we can get, get no because this was discovered during a semi-annual bridge inspection mm-hmm. one of them is purposefully put in the middle of the winter so that we can find these sorts of things and ultimately replacing these two bridge tendons at no point was the bridge at ever at risk of falling down um you've got layers and layers of redundancy and we've got six tendons in each of those segments and in two of them they each had one so you've got five other you know yeah bridge tendons within each of the segments so you you close the bridge out of an abundance of caution because you you have to do that Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know, the system caught it when it was supposed to catch it, and we're doing these replacements in a least impactful way for everyone. And you know, you've heard people talk online. They go, "Well, you know, the 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 bridge is over. You know, how's this happening?" And and and, and the Midbay Bridge and around on the other side of town, they've never shut down the Brooks Bridge. They've never shut down the Destin Bridge. Well, they're different bridges. If you look underneath those bridges, they don't have any high-tension cables holding them together because they're not spanning four and a half, you know, four miles across mm-hmm. open water. And that's one of the reasons. You don't have tension cables that can degrade. It's solid concrete sitting on pilings, and it's, it's just not the same type of bridge and won't come with the same type of maintenance or the same type of potential, you know, imperfections and flaws and things that can go wrong. And so... Uh, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Not all the infrastructure. A bridge is not a bridge. Is not a bridge compared you know, over the span of all the different types you could have. And because of that type, we constantly have to go inside and make sure that the bridge is being held together with those high tension uh, cables. Mm-hmm. And you know, we found them, replaced them, and uh, and we're getting open within less than a week. So yeah. So how do you respond to people that are like, I've been paying this much money for this much time and blah, blah, blah. Like to, to me as someone, as someone who's kind of reasonable, but also someone who admittedly doesn't use that bridge very often to me, it, it's like, okay, well that's what that money is paying for. The, the problem was discovered. It was shut down. They're resolving it as quickly as possible. That is that money at work. Uh, but some people that there's a disconnect there. And why do you think that is? Um, and also I want to kind of get into like, this bridge is mythical. Uh, there's so many different stories about who owns it and how many times it's been paid off and, and all that kind of stuff. So if we can get into a little bit of that sure. as well to, to kind of clarify that. Yeah, no, that's a real good point. Um, I've heard that criticism before. It goes akin to a lot of people's understanding of how infrastructure like roads and bridges are paid for and what tax what they're where somebody's tax dollars go and and i get it i do um but at the end of the day it's exactly right that bridge is funded completely and solely by 
it's revenues that it collects. So when we pay taxes, that bridge is not maintained or buttressed or helped out in any way by the taxes that we pay. And that's bleeding into the history of how the how we even ended up with the Mid-Bay Bridge. And most people don't understand, they just don't know the history. And so therefore, you can go down these rabbit trails. If you know the history, then you're less likely to say, oh, well, there's some sort of conspiracy. These people are often, you know, it's, it's either making a profit or it's corruption or it's what else. Um, but at the end of the day, the bridge is completely maintained with the toll, by the tolls that it collects. And um, the reason for that is historically back when they wanted to build the bridge, this area wanted to build a Mid-Bay Bridge because it saw the development that was coming in Destin and they needed a way to get people up from, uh, you know, down from the interstate into Destin. And moreover, they needed a bridge to connect Niceville where the workforce lived and get them down quickly into Destin and South Walton. Was there ever any thought of profit there? Was that ever a consideration? No. At the end of the day, it's, it's, Ultimately, it's a piece of public infrastructure. The mm-hmm. difference is the way that it was financed to be built. So most bridges in the state of Florida are paid for from general revenue that was collected by the state of Florida. It gets handed to the Florida Department of Transportation, and the Florida Department of Transportation allocates the money and builds the bridge and then uses general revenue funds every year to maintain that bridge. The reason the Mid-Bay Bridge didn't get built that in that way was because... In Northwest Florida, we are oftentimes neglected politically in Tallahassee. The reason being that South Florida is monolithic. They're huge. They have all the population. They have just about all of the economic activity. And therefore, they've got all the power in the legislature. And their needs always are satisfied before they even consider any of the needs of Northwest Florida. And that has been true for a very, very long time, basically since the 50s when South Florida took off. And... The late 1980s was no different. Um, so when we went, when when members of the delegation that wanted to build a bridge went up to the legislature in the late 80s, they said, listen, we, we need FDOT to allocate the money to build this bridge. We know the development's coming. We, we need it to happen. The legislature basically said, we don't have any money for you. Uh, you know, buzz off. So it didn't stop there. They said, okay, well, we still need the bridge. How do we do it? And they said, well we're not going to give you any federal or we're not going to give you any FDOT money. What what you can do is we'll allow a special district to be created and controlled by the governor. And that district can go and um, basically get a loan from Goldman Sachs in the form of, muni- they're not municipal bonds, but they're public bonds. So basically what happens is Goldman Sachs underwrites the $200 million that the bridge authority needed once it was created, needed to build the bridge. We get a check, they get a check for $200 million. Goldman issues and sells bonds um, to whoever wants to buy it. And uh, for the next 20 years, like clockwork, every month from the bridge revenues, the bridge authority pays coupons interest on the bonds. Mm-hmm. And that has happened for the last um, several decades. And where things go awry is about 
So not not to get too off yeah, track yeah. real quick, but to, to interject because something that's really important right now that I'm seeing some some similarities here as to the kind of power grid situation that we're dealing with right now as far as the bonds go and stuff like that, right? Sure. Um, if we did want to exercise, not to just throw a complete like a wrench in all of this, but a different issue that's big in the city that I know you're personally dealing with mm-hmm. is, is the possibility of buying up the infrastructure that Gulf Power, who Correct. is now owned by whatever, same kind of deal. Oh yeah, they would all- issue those bonds. Pay interest on the bonds. Same exactly. Kind of deal. It's the same kind of deal. That's how big it's, money works. Well, it's if if you go to your stockbroker or anybody, if you're a financial manager and you're like, I want to buy municipal bonds, what you're buying is a municipal bond. All public finance is basically the same thing. The pub, you know, it's just like you buying a house or a private individual loaning money, but in this circumstance, it's you know the public. And what you do is, in order to get that cash from um, a large financial institution, usually in New York, you have to issue bonds and they'll sell them on your behalf. They'll give you the money to build whatever public piece of infrastructure you need to build, be it, you know, city of Miami built a stadium on municipal bonds. Um, we've, uh, I'm trying to recall the uh, several other examples where local municipalities have issued bonds. You know, there's lots and lots of circumstances and it's usually a really safe bet because the coupon note is I mean, it's backed by typically tax dollars or in the circumstance of the bridge, rather than tax money being the collateral for, on the uh, on the actual bond debt, mm-hmm. it was going to be the tax revenue, that, or I'm sorry, the toll revenue that was yes. being collected by the bridge. So, yes, public finance, that's public finance 101. You basically have, there's a whole group of people who are up in New York who basically, every time you want to build a toll bridge, somebody wants to build a stadium, um... You need you need a any sort of public infrastructure. They're waiting, ready to loan the money, and they'll sell to their their customers the bond, and then you or you as the, the the person who or I'm sorry the entity that's receiving the money are required to pay the coupon notes for the life of the bond, and it's pretty simple, stri- pretty straightforward. It's the same thing as a corporate bond, but you know, or even like an auto loan, just on a higher level. Yeah, the yeah. more zeros. Yeah. Way more serious. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyways, where, where the bridge got into um, deeper water and trouble, in my opinion, um, with paying back the money that it borrowed, basically, mm-hmm. to build the bridge is about 15 years ago when they decided to build the Spence Parkway. Now, I've only been on the bridge authority for about two years, and the group that um, were governor, I can't remember if it was charlie chris appointees but anyways the guys who preceded me uh there were three of them they were removed from the board because they kind of got the midbay bridge into a financial mess by building the spence parkway loaning out basically another 200 million dollars to build the big pretty parkway that goes around niceville to hook you up to 85 now in theory it shouldn't have gotten them in trouble but if Sometimes using the if you build it, they will come sort of mantra is not always the smartest thing to do, especially with public infrastructure. Uh, And to illustrate that point, think about the Garcon Point Bridge. The Garcon Point Bridge um, over in Pensacola that connects a chunk of Gulf Breeze. Yeah, it's Gulf Breeze to like Milton, right? Exactly. It hasn't worked out. They loaned, they loaned, um, I think, around $150 million to build that bridge. And they actually owe more now 20 years later than they borrowed it's because the traffic never met the expectations of all the development that they said was going to occur what happens to the bondholders in that situation 
Because you said that's normally a safe bet, but if it goes tits up, right, right, bad investment, bad investment, night night, yeah, like, that's it. Um, it's not great. It's not great, and that's why you've seen that the Garson Point Bridge is just insanely expensive, even compared to the Mid Bay Bridge, which is high. So that's that mantra of if you build it, they will come is not always the best, you know, mm-hmm. idea to take. So Garson's what, like three fifty? Garcon's higher than that. Garcon, I think, is around... I think it's about that. I don't use it. Oh, I use it every time I go to New Orleans. That's the way I go. I go down 98, I hit hit that. Do you really? mm -hmm, Why wouldn't you just go 77? You mean 87? 87. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, 77 is Panama City. 87 is what I do. You just hit that that CVS in Navarre. Hit on I-10 and you're there, man. It's it's pretty much the same thing. Garcon? Garcon's a toll bridge. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Right path. Yeah, right No, I don't hit that. Or... Google Maps tries to take me that way, but I was like, nah. Oh, that's the way I go. No, I'm either going 98 all the way to Pensacola or I'm hitting Navarre. No, I, I, I'm heading I up north. Pensacola, I go. Oh, they've expanded 87. Do that next time. It's just as yeah. fast. You don't yeah, have the toll. Two lanes on each side now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like you. You fucking fly. <laughs> but at the, end of the, but at the end of the day, you know, it just oh. didn't work out for them. And the Spence Parkway was no different. They built it, and it just didn't get used in the first couple of years like mm-hmm. they needed it mm-hmm. to and therefore they didn't meet the traffic projections which means they didn't collect the tolls on the parkway to meet the uh interest payments on the on the new debt that they took out mm-hmm. so the only solution there was to dip into the pot of money that was being generated by the bridge and therefore they so had another dollar it would they yeah. went up another dollar i think that's when everybody went crazy about two and a half three years ago when they went up to four bucks if you don't have a sun pass, sun pass is three, and then if you use the sun pass enough, drops down to two. Um, yeah, people lost it, and you know, at the end of the day, people go, "Oh well," you know, the tourists are the ones who are supporting the the traffic on the bridge, and that's all the revenue. It's actually commuters. Yeah. So when you go and you affect the collection rates, you're really affecting locals. You really are, and uh, especially a student. Oh yeah. You know yeah. that has to go to to Northwest Florida State uh, five days a week. You know, yeah. that's a that's a large number versus your your tourists coming down from Chattanooga uh, for the week for one off thing. They're gonna hit it once and once on the way back. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, and that's and so that they didn't meet their traffic revenues. They had to de- they had to dip into the bridge, and that's where we find ourselves. Um, the uproar that was caused by the increase in the bridging the bridge tolls to the four bucks uh, is what got the governor to remove three of the five members, and I am one of the replacements of the three. And it has been quite a thankless job, but I've enjoyed it. Um, so what we did in the short term was we had started to collect enough of a cushion to be able to roll back after paying our, our debts. We still had enough of a cushion that we could roll into offering um, commuters a um, earlier point at which they would get the rebate. Mm-hmm. Um, before I got there, they had set the point at which you would go from the $3 to the $2 and get your rebate. They had put it at 41 which is kind of a slap in the face of your commuters because if you work a five-day work week um, and you work, let's see, four weeks in a month, that's 40 trips. That means you have to take an extra trip for pleasure to get your rebate, Mm -hmm. which was that you go, this designed for people not to be able to obtain it. That doesn't doesn't give you any room for a sick day, taking an alternate way home from work. Oh, you got a doctor's appointment. Oh, the kid's sick. I can't go. It gave no room, and that was, I think, another thing that left a bad taste in people's mouths so what we've done is we had that uh extra buffer and um 
most recently we dropped the rebate threshold from 41 to 32, which is doable. If you're a commuter and you're yeah. using that bridge a lot, you know, you need to see some relief because, you know, two bucks is the same rate that it's been at since 1991. You know, almost, we're, you know, almost three decades of inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, nobody can yeah shake a candle at that you know that's that's a good thing if you can get it and and honestly those are the people we need to look out for the most so we dropped the uh, rebate threshold and so we've been in a holding pattern just paying off debt yeah but well at the same time though that just looking at it as as a practicality uh this bridge is paid for solely by mm-hmm. tolls this that, that your tax dollars aren't paying for this um this is 100 percent paid for by tolls so if if you don't like if you don't like the rate don't don't use it yeah, like like that's a pretty easy thing to say. Like I understand being angry about having to pay that toll, but honestly, for for someone who who lives in Destin who needs to get to Niceville, it's absolutely worth that amount of money for me to get there versus me having to drive around through Fort Walton, then then through what Shalimar, yeah. Valparaiso, then into Niceville. Like I'm a huge fan of college basketball. I go see. Uh, over half of the Northwest Florida State college games. I love doing it. Um, you know, the the bridge and even the parkway helps me out on that a lot because it's just, boom, I'm there. It delivers me right to the stadium or stadium arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it should be, you know, I understand people being frustrated with, with the money that it costs, uh, but I, I feel like people actually understood that it's not their tax dollars that are actually paying that on top of the toll. If you don't like it, you don't have to use it. Yeah, it's a service. I, I know, and that's you know? that's going through several layers of of wait, calm down, don't be upset. Let's think about this logically, reasonably. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not typically what people do when they voice their opinions online. It's typically reactionary, <laughs> very emotional based, and there is a feeling in the mind of the general public with regards to infrastructure like bridges that it is paid and maintained completely by tax dollars i should not have to pay to use the roads that's why i pay taxes and not and that's just a a the general public most of our infrastructure is like that and so when you bump into a bridge that charges you the first inclination is to say why the hell am i being charged and and if you don't dig further you can you just stay upset and so i think that's where a lot of people are at and i hope some of this will help people understand if the toll bridge is proven to be a huge economic impact, ec- economical, economic mm-hmm. impact, anyway, um, if, it, if it's proven to be as such, c- is there a possibility ever that the state could be like, this is being utilized enough, we'll just, we'll take care of it from here. Is that an option? Maybe. Or are they like, no, so the like is- you guys are in your own kind of boat there, we don't want to get our hands in that. Uh, or if it, it, kind of like the greater good theory. So let's say 20 years from now, we've paid off all the debt. We've not built any other infrastructure, which would be fine by me. And, I, and that's my hope that the bridge authority, if if I'm gone and no longer on it, that that's the course that they take. So the question is, can you ever have a bridge like our bridge and not collect a toll? Um, the answer is probably not. There would always have to be something collected to maintain the bridge because the bridge we spend about four and a half million dollars every year maintaining the bridge keeping it safe and usable and a little bit of that money is going to be spent right now while we're talking to be able to keep the bridge open um that cost never goes away so the question is being that budgets are budgets and you know 
politics is contentious, why would the state of Florida all of a sudden decide to take on an extra $4 million in maintenance costs when you could just have a very small, let's say a 50 cent per trip Mm -hmm. fee to go over the bridge? Uh, You know, I don't think they'll ever do that. So could it ever be zero and paid off and done? No. But that's usually people who are arguing that don't think as far to go, oh, wait a second, bridges come with maintenance costs. Who's going to pay for that? Where does that money come from? So I don't foresee the state of Florida ever taking it over. Um, so who's the actual lien holder then? Goldman Sachs. No, no, I'm sorry, not the lien holder, but who is in debt to Goldman Sachs? What, who's the official? A subdivision of the state of Florida called the Mid-Bay Bridge Authority. Okay. So they are a legal entity. They were created by the legislature in the late 1980s. Mm-hmm. And as such, they can go do things uh, like a corporation or like an individual and um, fire districts. Most fire districts in the state of Florida are created in a similar fashion. Um, a local area just sees a need that they go, listen, we got a lot of people. We need a fire district to meet the fire services. We don't think that whatever overlaying district like a county or something is doing a very good job and they'll go petition the legislature to create a special taxing district to um, manage a specific you know outline an area geographically that will be the district and then once it's created by the legislature elections will be held and you get a, a commission set up of five or seven people that are elected by the um, the people who live within that new district mm-hmm. and they go and they can do anything they need to which is typically if it's a fire district they'll start collecting ad valorem taxes to go and start hiring firemen buying equipment to provide fire services within the district and also within those powers are the power typically to be able to encumber the district with debt and that's why it's important to pay attention to to these sorts of things because there's all sorts of debt that can be taken out and you just have saddled around your neck. Um, so the same thing goes for the uh, special district that was created for the bridge authority. It has a geographic boundary that includes basically the parkway plus the bridge uh, on both sides. Now it doesn't have the authority to tax, but it does have the authority to uh, borrow money, build and maintain bridges and parkways within its district and collect toll revenue. But it's still a subsection of the state of Florida. Correct. It was created by the legislature and and the legislature gave the governor the authority to appoint or remove the five members of the board. Okay. So that's, that's how you have. So, so your position, I mean, it's not, it's not a simple, it's not just a kind of, I'll just kind of add this to my, to my thing. Like it's a big deal. No, I mean, like not to, you know, I know you probably downplay it, but it's a, it's a serious matter. You're in a, it's to be on that that bridge authority is a is a position, not of power, but of of severe responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 in the past, you know, there were there were previous members that thought that they were doing the right thing. They thought mm-hmm. that the clear need was going to be that we need to get a parkway built and people will use it and if we build it they will come and let's get another 200 million dollars in debt but that won't be a big deal because the parkway will pay for itself because people will use it well so long as those things are true then nobody who's using the bridge would have ever felt any effect the tolls would have probably just stayed the same where they were i think it was three dollars for cash two dollars for sun bass um but it didn't happen that way the parkway didn't meet its traffic uh 
its traffic projections and forecasts, and therefore the bridge authority, those members had to dip into the uh, the tolls of the bridge to meet the bond, you know, to meet the bond debt. Why did only three members get removed? I don't know. Now the governor, uh, that was Rick. That was a Rick Scott decision. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, why he fired three versus all. Uh, I don't know if necessarily all five members voted unanimously to build the bridge or voted unanimously to dip into the to the the bridge's toll revenues and raise the rates. I don't know how it all played out, but he had his uh, motivations that I'm not privy to. But I mm. was one of uh, of uh, of several members that ended up getting uh, that ended up replacing a few of the folks on the. On how the does that happen? I was actually asked by uh, Matt Gates. Okay. So Matt Gates was our... Matt Gates is your boy, huh? Uh, he's my friend. He's been... Yeah. Uh, I've, I've worked with him uh, as a lawyer before okay. either of us got into politics. I don't have to agree with every single thing he says, mm-hmm. but, you know... You don't, You won't with anybody. No, no, you no, no, clearly not. If you want to agree with your politicians every single time, you you better run for office yourself. Mm. No, uh, Matt's been... been uh, not to get completely off topic, but Matt's been a, a lot of things but he's been very good for northwest florida because like i was talking about with the fact that we get overlooked and typically shoved in the corner and neglected politically um and in tallahassee well northwest florida gets treated the same way in uh washington dc and matt has done a lot to change that and and for better or for worse we are getting um a lot of the things that northwest florida has always needed um during Matt's tenure. And so Matt at the time when I got put on the bridge authority, he was our state representative and the governor of course says, listen, I got this problem in South Okaloosa County. Typically you don't just pick somebody off the street. You call up the local uh, legislator and say, Hey, we got this issue. Who do you think would be a good person to, you know, make sure that the, the fiscal house gets put back in order and doesn't do anything silly like, you know, abuse a bunch of local commuters with higher toll rates and mm-hmm. my name got on the short list and so you know when people need help and public service calls you try to do the right thing but absolutely it's uh the bridge authority typically i think somebody asked the question you go which is worse being on the, what do you get yelled at well, yeah more, yeah, being yeah, on... yeah. We'll, get, we'll get into that because that's actually a fun one for me to... yeah yeah the... we, can, we can do it now yeah, that was sure, actually, go for it. that was actually chatham morgan who asked that. <laughs> another wimty veteran he said which job is more thankless the destin city council or the mid bay bridge authority <laughs> man there's days where neither are very good but the bridge authority you typically get more grief because you only do one thing when you're on the bridge authority is collect tolls and you can lower tolls and give people relief, but the expectation is so high that there should be no tolls mm-hmm. that basically, unless you give them exactly 100% of no tolls, which could never happen, you're just not that great. You're okay, but you're not that great. And No one's emailing you saying, thank you for being around for another year. No. no <laughs> like, no, we no. appreciate being able to just hop across the water. Yeah. Like, yeah. You aren't getting those kind of emails at all. No, that's the problem with public infrastructure. Yeah. Because the expectations are different, you know? Mm. It should work, and it should always work. And I've been paying my tolls, and why is it not working? You know, I get it. I get it. But yeah. I'm happy to be there. Yeah, well, we we did, uh, getting into the questions, we did we did kind of, um, we, we put a feeler out there to, to try to see if there were any questions that people wanted to ask you. And the first question I, I asked, um, why is there still 
I didn't ask, but that, that was written to us. Why is there still a, a toll since it's been long paid off? That's just misinformation. That's never even been – the bridge has never even been close to being paid off, correct? Or was it paid off? No. And then we got ourselves into just so much more debt because we decided to hit the parkway. Was the bridge ever paid off? bridge was never paid off. Okay. However, they did get within a relatively close point of paying off the bridge. Mm-hmm. So the bridge, I think, is around – they only owed about 20 or $30 million left on the bond debt before they went and took out another $200 million bucks. To and it makes how much a year? I think we collect around $38 million. Oh, wow. So if maintenance is only $5 million, and, I mean, uh, that's really your only costs, right? You know, aside from paying your your toll attendance and things sure. like that. Sure. So maybe max cost of uh, a bridge, maybe $8 mil, $9 mil? It's a little more than that, but the, at the end of the day... You know, it was profitable. It, you were oh. able to bang out that debt by by what the we were, what they were, were whittling charging. down. Yes, they were it whittling down the debt, and they were making payments. And but the interest on two hundred million dollars is a lot. Mm-hmm. And as you've seen in an amortized sort of loan, the you pay an interest off long before you get into principal. For sure, kind of the same stuff. So, anyways, yeah, uh, the bridge authority was close to getting the bridge paid off, and then you have to decide. If you're the bridge authority and or the county, what do we do now? Let's say we get in 25 years and everything's paid off. Great. What do we do? Do we go down to 50 cents um, and just pay for the maintenance costs and everybody's happy? Or what I fear could happen is um, (laughs) the state or the county could see it as a money revenue pot and start dipping into the profit that's derived above and beyond because if you have no debt, then you're just collecting it and you're sitting on cash. I don't cash think there's really it. much doubt about that at all. No, I think they probably there will be a big push to do that because you know the county is always searching for new revenue like sources. Work a real, like work a really nice deal for your locals, mm-hmm. and um, you know get get your money where it should come from, kind of for that for that type of service. Oh yeah, I've been on there for two years, and I I've always I've caught some commissioners at the county level snooping around asking how much money the the uh, the bridge authority makes because. So, not to get too technical on you, technically, the bridge authority also, in addition to being created by the legislature, the legislature sticks us underneath as a dependent special district of Okaloosa County, which means our budget is approved or disapproved every year by the five county commissioners. So, it's prepared by us, the the five members of the board, and then we send it up to the commissioners who have always rubber stamped it. Now, they'll come down occasionally every couple of years and wonder and seeing, hey, listen, I, you know, every politician from the north end is always coming up with ideas to come up with cash to start paving roads and, and doing things up in the north end because there's always a need up in the north end. It's just that the north end doesn't create a whole lot of economic activity. So they're always looking for areas to, to snag cash and then bring back up. So anyways, they're always coming around, and I have a feeling that if in 25 years, if we're not paying attention, they're going to figure out a way to start getting surplus mm-hmm. cash and then start funneling it into the general revenue pot of the county to go and fund a whole bunch of stuff, which I don't agree that's the best use of that cash. I think it's best left in the pockets of the commuters and the folks who are using the bridge, but uh, we'll we'll, fi- we'll yeah. fight that battle in a couple decades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the second part of that question was why a publicly funded bridge was sold to a private 
for uh, for a profit. That that just that's not true either. No, it, it was never a publicly funded bridge from the get go. It was privately funded through these bonds, correct? Correct. So that's just that's just misinformation once again. Yeah, it's not yeah, even... that's a question that I've gotten a lot of times because yeah. people. Why do people think that? Why yeah. I think probably because you know it took me five minutes to explain just right now exactly the history of the bridge yeah. and how it's created by the legislature. It's a subdivision of the county, and it has five members appointed by the governor. It's a public entity, but it had to go borrow private money. And typically, after the first two words out of my mouth to the general member of the public, you know, they start glazing over. And so they fill in the gaps with things that make sense, like, well, clearly, if they're going up on the rates, uh, I'm sorry, the toll rates, then there must be some sort of profit incentive. Because that's a corollary that exists when when private corporations end up screwing people. Um, so they fill in the gaps with things that they know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the Internet, man. Nobody does any research. They just shoot off the hips. Yeah. And then, and then snoop back every five minutes to see how many likes they got. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, the, the next question I have is, uh, I won't I won't even not. That's not even... Just, well, just to show that I don't, I don't want to put anyone on blast because I do appreciate people giving their questions. Sure. Um, but, but out of, out of what we've obviously discussed in the last twenty five minutes, this one is just way out there as well. Um, it says that they're still owned by the county, uh, which isn't true. Uh, I would assume uh, it creates a lot of revenue for publicly funded projects. I get it. I live in Niceville, so it doesn't affect my day. Or I don't live in Niceville, so it doesn't affect my day. Like just none of we won't even. Well, I mean, it goes back because there's shreds of truth in, in yeah. half of the things that people are saying. They're getting mixed up. If it's a private entity, they don't own it. No, it's public, but it was private bond debt that went and financed the building of the bridge. Listen, it's a dependent subdivision of the county, but the only oversight that they have is approving the budget. Like, I get it. And and until you dig in and find out exactly who has what authority, you know, this guy, I don't, I don't know who, who made the... the the statement of the question but you know there's shreds of that that make sense to some degree but as it stands right now there's no surplus of cash other than a very small amount that we've been funneling into lowering the uh lowering the threshold at which you can get the rebate there's no money that goes in that mm-hmm. flows into the county budget to fund projects that's in being spent elsewhere because no. every bit is being spent correct. paying off the debt correct All right and maintaining the bridge um mm-hmm. Uh, Chatham Morgan, which job is more thankless? Destin City Council, Midbay Bridge Authority. Okay. Yeah, that's, vote, that was Midbay already, Bridge. We already discussed that. <laughs> um, which, th- th- speaking of, there's another thing I want to discuss with you. Um, I, I don't want to just throw a wrench in this, but please remind me to come back to that. Shane, will you remind me that I have another thing uh, based on Chatham's question that I want to get at? Sure. Um, let's see. Was it post-tensioned or pre-stressed? That's just a joke, obviously. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think that's about it on that, man. So, uh, so yeah, man, I appreciate you uh, discussing all that. I, I, someone who uh, has zero knowledge of any of that kind of stuff or, or how public funds work and all that money comes, like I think you did a brilliant job of explaining it to me to where an idiot like me could understand it. So hopefully people that are listening to this can follow along and kind of, you know, understand what's going on there um but uh hitting on what what chatham said as well what what can we do and and this is going to be a tough i think this might be a tough question for you to answer but i think our city council members should be paid what needs to happen in order for that to like say someone like me uh a member of the a member of the community says i think our city council members should be paid i'm sure this has happened before but what would that process need to look like in order to make that happen 
It's a difficult process in the city of Destin that is unique to Destin. Um, most municipalities do not have this hurdle to get over, but within the charter that the city adopted in the 80s when it became a city, it includes a provision that says the council members shall serve uh, without compensation. So it's enshrined in our version of the Constitution for the city of Destin mm -hmm. that you don't get paid. So in order to change that, you have to go to a referendum and get the voters to approve a charter amendment that would allow the uh, city council members to be paid. What you will face in the city of Destin politically is deep apprehension to want to do that. One, city of Destin has the low, almost the, I think we have the third lowest out of all the municipalities in the state of Florida. We have the lowest millage rate. Now there's, it's attributable to a lot of things, but millage rate millage rate okay so to give you what, what is a millage rate to, for the average yes. uninitiated view yes. okay the millage rate is the amount you will pay in ad valorem property taxes based upon the um, value of your home Got so that's it. why the property appraiser is so important he sets what the value is going to be which means if he sets it exactly right nobody's upset if he sets it sets it too high you're going to pay a lot more in all of your property taxes when you look at your property tax bill you will see the different layers of entities that exist wherever you have your address so it, i live on kelly street from a layer of government standpoint i pay taxes for destin fire control district I pay taxes on um, city of Destin. I pay taxes for the sheriff. I pay taxes for the school district. And I also pay taxes, um, I'm forgetting one, oh, county taxes. And those five layers of government have rates at which they will assess the taxes that they collect for you. So not everybody has the exact same millage rate, but a mill is $1 per 1,000 of value okay. in your home. So if you've got $100,000 in your house, or $100,000 uh, value in your home, you're going to pay 100 bucks if your millage rate is one. And you'll notice that the city of Destin uh, has, a, uh, has a cap um, on the millage that it can collect. So we, are to, we, we have a rich history in Destin of being very apprehensive of government. We're, we're hyper-conservative, being that this is the place that um, basically everybody from the southeast, if you can retire and leave Birmingham, you come to Destin. Mm -hmm. um, they bring those political views of small government, low taxes with them. And what we have is very, very low tax um, millage rate in the city of Destin. Now, the reason I tell you all that is is because there's not a, they like it that way. And so when you go and run a referendum up that says, listen, we need to pay these city councilmen, their first aversion, they're going to have an aversion to the idea of our one property taxes are going to go up. Property yeah. I don't want to pay. And two, and I don't, I don't disagree with their apprehension. There's a lot of people who hate the city of Destin for 25, 30 years of mismanagement of development. You know, the city of Destin has historically only had one job. You go to most municipalities all over the country, they have several layers of jobs. They provide the water, they provide, you know, they do power, mm -hmm. they do, they oversee development, uh, they provide fire services, they can provide uh, police services. City of Destin doesn't do any of those things. They're all outsourced. Um, the one thing it has retained is development review, and they've done a piss poor job of managing development. And most of the people who've lived here a long time feel that way about the city. They are upset. Uh, about the traffic, they're upset about the Emerald Grand. How could these things be built? And and they are 
suspicious of government. They don't like paying more taxes, and they're specifically pissed with the city of Destin. So when you go and ask them to start paying um, the people who are going to sit on that board, then the answer is almost a reactionary, not no, but hell no. Mm-hmm. And so you will fight that if you run a referendum that says pay um, city councilmen. Now, there's a lot of really good rational reasons after you get past the emotion of why you would want to pay a city councilman. Because as it stands right now, if you don't pay them anything, well, who can afford to go be a member of a city council and take away time from otherwise making money? Because make no doubt about it, it is a tremendous, I mean, it's it could be two to three full-time jobs if you let it, the service of uh, being on the city council. With all the meetings, all the extra special meetings, the workshops, uh, the telephone calls, Just with being the constituent, prepared. being prepared. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I spend hours reading through the ma- – I mean, we have agenda packets that are almost 1,000 pages preparing us for some of these things. It is, it is labor, labor-intensive. And at the end of the day, you go, okay, well, if we're not going to compensate these people – who are the type of people who can just afford one to go do this job? Well, retirees can do it. That's okay. That's good. We got a bunch of retirees, but you don't want all retirees on your board because then you will only get the baby boomer effect where they go and legislate a bunch of stuff that's great in the short term but bad in the long term because mm-hmm. they're not going to be around to they live. Don't fucking care. Yeah. Well, they're not going to be. No. They'll be dead. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've never understood that mindset. That's been my biggest problem with with the generation disconnect. Is yeah. yeah. You, know? you, haven't, you haven't gotten that that old yet. You're not. You're not there. But I don't. But I don't think I. I'd like to think I'll never be that way. Yeah. You know? And I've I've um, often thought the same thing. You know, when when I get old, I'd like to believe that I'll be more magnanimous and more progressive and, and generous with my. You know, listen. It, it seems spiteful and terrible for me to you know foreclose the future for a short-term benefit that I get. It seems selfish. So I would like to think that you feel magnanimous when you get older and you start thinking about others, and that should be the next. Was it you that I talked to about a maximum voting age last time you were in? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that was you kicking that. <laughs> yeah, that was you. That's silly, but still. Hilarious. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't want all retirees on the board. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, well, who's left? Well, if you're working, it's hard. If you work for somebody else, it is very difficult to take time off to go be on these um, councils. You can't afford to just take off work. Oftentimes, your employer would say, listen, I need you at the job. You can't be at a meeting. You can't be talking uh, to constituents while you're working for me. So it narrows it down. You know, me and Chatham or Chatham and I get to to be on it because we're self-employed. We get to make our hours. We get to to do um we get to do city council because yeah, but but you take that man. You own businesses. You own several businesses. Sure, I, I own a business. Uh, it's great to be self-employed. You get to make your own hours, but you're still working double the hours that you would work if you were working for someone else. Right. If you're if you're a responsible owner of your business. But I don't have. There's nobody yeah. above me that says could ultimately be the veto and says no, you can't leave. You got to stay here. Yeah. I have the ability to completely mm-hmm. change my schedule in any way that I want, so long as I'm comfortable with whatever responsibilities in my business are being taken care of that will free me up for the couple hours that I need to leave to go do whatever I need to go do. That's a level of autonomy that most millennials don't have. I'm, I'm a bit of a unicorn um, compared to most millennials. Most millennials are just trying to get their student debt paid off, Mm -hmm. um, let alone take on society's woes and run run for public office. It's just not an option for them. That's why for a lot of reasons, disproportionately baby boomers are involved because they've got time. They got time. So, yeah, you don't want all retirees. You don't want um, – the other the other thing that we've had in the city is you, you end up 
if you don't pay people to be able to be there, you end up getting folks who will be there because there's a financial pot of gold at the end of the rainbow based upon some decisions that they're going to make. And that's where you get a bunch of realtors, you'll get brokers, you'll get friends and family of um, developers, you'll get... Basically special special interests within the city. Correct. Yeah. And it doesn't take much to swing a council one way or another because if you have seven members, you only need to get four of them elected to be the majority of the council and then you can get things like the Emerald Grand approve, even though mm -hmm. it never made sense. It shouldn't have been done. It was Disney World on the harbor. It was infrastructurally horrible to to traffic, to parking. It never made sense. But if you have council members who, you know, indirectly could benefit from from it being built mm -hmm. and sold and, and, you know, they'll make those decisions based upon those motivations rather than the public good. And we have that has happened and that's where a lot of the 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 real root cause of a lot of people's disenchantment with the city of Destin comes from and it's that disenchantment that that funnels the apprehension to want to pay anybody in the future that could be good but they need the cash you know I'm not even talking a crazy man I'm talking like a thousand dollars a month no 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 you know what I'm saying just something that's like thank you for you know, taking taking your time, uh, yeah, compensation uh, for your time. Taking like just, the just me following every word you're saying right now is fucking exhausting. Oh. You know, like no, no, no. You're doing a very good job of explaining everything, but like that you've given me so much information. You've overloaded me, like yeah. And, and just the fact that that's your day to day, I feel like that should be compensated. Sure, I appreciate you know? your feeling on that. I just wish more people could methodically come to that conclusion. But when you just go out and ask, listen, we need to compensate these people. Um, for the work that they do, it. I mean, man, you know, there's a lot of people who wish the city of Destin government didn't exist so they could just pay no taxes because they don't see, they haven't seen a tangible benefit by having that layer of government in so mm -hmm. long, they're ready to throw in the towel. And that's a really hard thing to, that's a real big hump to get over politically because you ultimately we have to go to referendum. It's not a decision the council can make. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I do I think that the council needs to be compensated? Yes, I do. Do I think it's going to happen? Highly unlikely. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, for sure. I think I think people can be reasoned with, but it takes a long conversation. And even if you compensate people, there's parts of this job that are so negative because of the decisions you make have such big dollar signs. That, and, and this town only has 13,000 people. You know, some of the people, when you don't give them the rezoning so they can subdivide their lot and put two houses on a lot, even though it's going to create more traffic and the neighbors don't want it, you're going to have to see that guy perhaps at the Winn-Dixie. And you're just like, yeah. it's it's such an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, because that, the decision you made literally cost him a quarter million dollars. Sure. And that's on the small end. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's a small town. You have to see those people, mm -hmm. you know, and then it gets worse from there. Fucking Winn-Dixie, man. I know. <laughs> I wish I could put a mask every time I walk in. in a yeah, lot of places, I know, yeah. I know. And it's small town. And so, you know, then then the a lot of people, I've got thick skin. You know, man, look, I'm a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I I don't I have I'm real pig-headed. Bro, uh, you're and, a lawyer. You're on the bridge commission. <laughs> you're a city council member and your last name is Destin. Like, <laughs> you know, like you have to, you have to be able to shrug shit off. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I, I mean, it's important. Look, people who don't even know you probably have opinions on you. I'm sure some of them might be right. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I care deeply about this community because I have such deep, deep roots here. I want it to be successful. I want it to be good for my kids. I want it to be good for three generations after I'm long dead and gone. And so it's that motivation that keeps me doing it and, 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 and involving myself in all the things because I, you know, I've seen what 30 years of apathy can do to a city. I mean, it's where we're at right now. So the city of Destin finally convinced its pub, you know, the members of the public to become a city in the mid eighties. They, the reason that they finally did it and they almost weren't successful in incorporating was because they needed, they thought supervision, local, local supervision of the development that was going to occur. They were worried that Crestview was going to approve everything. Um, because, when you take vacant land and, and turn it into condos, <laughs> you collect more ad valorem taxes, which is a hell of a motivation uh, for you know commissioners from Crestview who will collect the money, figure out how to spend it, but never have to live in the traffic that it creates or the parking problems, the congestion, all those things. And that was a reasonable motivation to have, but it almost didn't happen. So they create the city of Destin's government, and for about two election cycles, local folks were in the majority on the council. And... Basically, after that, a mixture of the headache, the lack of attaboys, because you don't really get thank yous in this position, but you, you get a lot of grief. And then just general apathy. Oh, well, somebody else will run. Some It's always somebody else. Somebody else will run. Somebody else will do it, and somebody else will take care of this. I don't have to do it, or I'll do it sometime in the future, and nobody, the future never comes. Um so what ends up happening is, of course, we talked about that 4-3 split, and then it just shifted over to special interest because they'll always involve themselves because they're motivated by a financial goal. Um, and and unless really principled people who have really thick skin continue to run, well, you'll get pro-development councils that will approve things like the Emerald Grand, you know, these towers that have no parking um, just because it makes financial sense in the short term for a handful of really moneyed and well-connected people. But, you know, we're all going to be left holding the bag. Well, and then how do you keep good people? That's a, that's because that's, someone who's really trying to do good things, they're going to get in there and after they get burned probably out. pretty quickly after a few months, they're going to be like, this isn't for me. Oh. I, I got to get out of here. Oh, poor Chatham, poor Chatham Morgan. Yeah. He, he's way more sensitive than I am. I love Chatham to death, but you know, he, fe he feels like he's getting thrown to the meat grinder, which he is. Yeah. All of us are on any given daily basis. It's people shooting off the hip, calling us scoundrels and, and, yeah. and corrupt and literally the amount of effort that goes into just trying to do the right thing and to get that reception is really, really off putting for most normal human beings. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't bother me. Because one, I, I just, I'm too invested and ultimately I'm comfortable with the only human being that's keeping score being myself. And, and if, if I'm happy, then that's good enough for me. I just don't know if that's probably enough motivation for most, most normal people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's yeah. the real thing. It's a meat grinder. And because we have a $5 billion tax base, the zeros get really long on all the decisions we make zoning decisions uh decisions on where to set the building heights um decisions on where parking garages should or shouldn't go uh whether they should be built at all um decision making process on stormwater decision making process on hey listen uh you know heritage run is flooding during thunderstorms uh you don't have any money to put in the pumps or the uh stormwater infrastructure um should you raise taxes those types of things and you know 
it's just normal people who are being uncompensated. Is that your responsibility, or is is that the developer's responsibility? Is right. that the community's responsibility? Right, right. Where I does mean, that we fall? Had, yeah. Clearly, I mean, in in some of those that specific situation, mm-hmm. it fell on us because, you know, a council back in in the late '80s didn't require the developer who filled in the heritage run swamp. It was a swamp before. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have people who, because saying no sucks Mm -hmm. saying no is not fun because you are telling somebody who's invested a bunch of money and has come up here and he seems like a good guy you know saying no is not fun because people leave with you know you hurt people's feelings you cost them money yeah so it's a lot easier just to say yeah sure but if you say that enough you get these big cascading cumulative problems like Mm -hmm. we've got in Destin with the lack of parking and road infrastructure you name it but yeah to go back to Heritage Run you know they didn't make the developer put in the correct um stormwater because ultimately he he had developed what was a swamp and if you go running around that subdivision you'll see where all the other properties around it are slightly lower and you can see where all of the channels funnel out and dump water underneath um cal well it's it's cross street but calhoun cross street and dumps underneath next to the uh oh gosh the army rec center Mm -hmm. but that whole area was a swamp and a you know developer from out of town came in filled it in with a bunch of uh fill dirt and kind of did a half-assed job sold them all off to uh to you know now residents of the city and you know when it floods that guy's long gone how are you going to get him to do anything Mm -hmm. so it becomes it becomes a responsibility of the of the city to try to keep people for you know people's homes from flooding so we had to you know we had to spend a bunch of money fixing all sorts of stuff like that and Mm -hmm. You know, when, and, and ultimately we didn't have the cash to do it, so we went up marginal, marginal on on taxes. Um, I think about two and a half years ago we went up less than 0.16 of a millage rate. The effective rate was for every $1,000 of value in your home, you'd pay an extra $0.16. Cents. So if you had a $250,000 home, you were basically going to pay an extra 25 outrageous. oh yeah. but extra 25 Absolutely bucks outrageous. but that's the thing Fuck people you. were ready to <laughs> murder they showed up with pitchforks and torches and they were going I mean, burn. Is, is that the point to where when you're at the meeting if you look at each person there you're like let me write you a fucking check let me let me write you a personal check i'm, I'm about to spend 302 dollars of my own money here like please to, take to this me alone. and fuck yeah. off yeah yeah and that's frustrating for a lot of people yeah. who are up on that board and are trying to do the right thing. I mean, ultimately, you're, you're trying to deal with people's homes. You're like, listen, we got to yeah. fix this problem. This is a, if there ever was a time to go up on taxes marginally and then hopefully draw them back, is when people's homes are flooding. But you've got these people whose visceral response to any increases, you guys are horrible. You're, you're just stealing food out of my kid's mouth. You know, you're all just a bunch of corrupt crooks. The, <laughs> the one saving grace has always been. I, there is no corruption. I don't get paid. I don't get paid, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there's no there's no skids being greased on that decision. You know, what do you, what do you want me to do? You know, we're we're trying to keep the you know several hundred yeah. people's homes safe. You know, flooding. But yeah. you know, that's the public, man. Sometimes they they have some real weird reactions that are. You know, real quick, man. I got to pee. One last question, though. Sure. What's up with these fucking coyotes, man? Oh man. So we we li- I think you and I live close to each other. We do. You, you've seen me like mm-hmm. on my walks, runs, or whatever. Yeah, with the dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole band of coyotes. Right oh, there's a, a ton whole of them. band. That was a trivia question. Right? What do you call a group of coyotes? <laughs> oh, a what band. is it? A that band? was a trivia question. Right? Oh, yeah, that makes a band sense. Of coyotes, yeah. That's always such a great game. Uh, but, Did you but, know what you know what a group of crows is called? A murder. Uh, a murder. A murder. Yeah. 
Who knew that? I found that out the well, other day. We do trivia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. You got, you got, you got a couple. Shit. It's like a a group of monkeys is a. Uh, a Congress. It is a Congress. Oh man, I'm not going to stump you on these. You are, you are a, a trivia aficionado. I'm glad you're remembering the questions. It's not you putting a lot of research into this. You know, maybe you have. Uh, but but anyway, man, like I I've I, I've been walking that same route for five years now. Uh, I've never seen a Zoom Cody within the last three months I've sure. seen so the a, so, a number. So coyotes are natural. They're around. They've always been around for the most part. Um, basically 20 years ago, there's a point where if you hit this many coyotes, you know, several dozen or so within a certain area, they'll just start propagating to a point where they really proliferate and they're living off of all of our human, you know, refuse, garbage, anything they can get their hands on. And so there's food for them and there's resources for them, everything, house cats, little Mm -hmm. dogs, you Mm -hmm. name it. There's stuff for them and they're... They're wily. They're wily coyotes, mm-hmm. and they can survive in all sorts of weird circumstances and and things that are unnatural. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think what we did was we hit a saturation point, which had happened like 20 years ago. Uh, the city of Destin had to remove coyotes about 20 years ago and trapped a bunch of them, and I think they released them on the reservation. I can't remember what they ended up doing with them. But at a certain point, it's sort of um, like critical mass. Yeah. You know, when the chain reaction starts sustaining itself. That's we've hit that in the last year or two. They they, they did they, they did move them to the reservation because actually they, they're having problems with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, on those on those little trails behind, sure. but like where the mall is and mm-hmm. all that right there. Sure. Um, it's more of just kind of a weird thing of like how do they get back, you know? Because there's one way in, one way out. Kind of. I thing, don't you know? think so. M- it, you would think that sort of they're coming from the the west, the well, west side. They're not using the Mid Bay Bridge. They, that's I mean, for sure. Exactly. That's closed right now. So they're gonna. <laughs> So then they, they have to be coming from the east side, right? Yeah, you know, they're so, they're all so, coming from the east. Yeah. So our difficulties with coyotes are being experienced by Panama City. It's being experienced by um, everybody to our east. And there's a theory out there that people are saying, listen, you know, the destruction from Michael pushes I pushes them I out of their natural habitat. Yeah. That, that may be a thing. Disbursement? It may be. That they've made their way here. Because it's not just that. There's all kinds of... I, I feel like there's been a huge number of pelicans just even around here recently <laughs> just increase i see it like, uh the past few years that i've lived on this back canal over here and then this whole uh winter uh and fall i've never seen this many uh pelicans and ducks and i think they're loons like, like all kinds of random birds, birds. just yeah. huge amount of birds are just hanging out out here right mm-hmm. now well We've got a lot of coyotes. I don't know exactly where they're coming from. I do know that at a certain point, like I was telling Shane, they'll hit a critical mass where they'll just explode and you'll have a bunch. Yeah. But in any event, we've got a ton of them. I've been getting a ton of phone calls. Uh, a couple of people lost cats. They had little dogs bitten. You know, if they're if they're chewing on all the domestic animals, uh, the city of Destin has a responsibility to try to trap them, thin down the population. You'll never get rid of all of them, but you want to bring it back down to a level that's manageable, and you'll see the occasional. What are you doing? Trapping? Do you fucking kill them, or, or are you are you placing them elsewhere, or are you no, terminating relo- them? Relocation. Or, okay. They relocate them. Yeah. They, 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 like we were just talking. Just take them back one range. They or, usually they yeah. relocate them. Out yeah, though. and not everybody relocates them. There are some that because they're classified as nuisance animals, mm. you, they can be put down. We're gonna do yeah. whatever the most humane. Um, 
you know. Well, I was even Googling because I've seen them and and I'm with my dog all the time. That's what we do. Um, I, I was I just started walking my neighbor's dog as well. Um, so like I started Googling like can average human fuck up coyote? <laughs> like like what would I need to do if one runs up on me? Like what are my chances of taking it? Like what should I try to strangle it or like like, like what what do I do? I guess just get big kind of like a bear kind of thing or whatever. Uh, but what I've found is that they're pretty they they don't want to be around humans at all. But no. the thing is these fuckers are big. They are big. Like kept, well, yeah. my wife, my wife, my wife saw one. She's like, oh, she's like, I saw one, but it was tiny. I was like, uh, the one I saw was not tiny. Well, they seem to all be in one little spot, just that, just that back area of. Where, where are I've been seeing it by the library. Yeah, so they're which is cl- crazy close to my house. They'll cluster anywhere you have a decent amount of vacant land, mm-hmm. but they're thick on Calhoun. They're like, thick. Yeah. Calhoun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe's Bayou, all that area. If you look area. on a map of Destin, there are pockets of still green area. And the biggest areas are going to be over by um, Destin Elementary. We got some pockets over by um, Calhoun, where those those wooded areas are, where the um, where the park is mm-hmm. over at the end yep. of uh, where the cement plant is. Then we have a big, big population that is in the airport buffer zone that is mm-hmm. in between yep. the golf, you know, the Indian Bayou Golf Course mm-hmm. and um, the homes that are back on Indian by uh, Indian Trail, and then the airport is a big 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 area where there's a ton of them back there because indian indian bayou country club uh was had paid privately to have a trapper uh for a number of years and were catching coyotes off the golf course um because that's a that's prime real estate for them you can hide hide out and that's what they do they're nocturnal you know they hide mm-hmm. in the bushes in the day so we're going to catch a bunch and see if we can try to get it down to a more manageable level <laughs> that shit got so crazy on one of the feeds that hour on and they're like they made it with the red wolf oh, <laughs> and oh, they're yeah. wolf yodies yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, like, Yo. I was like y'all just need to chill like who knew you know? I said there's people like throwing up photos. I've seen the hybrids. Oh, yeah. I had no idea the coyote topic was good because we talk about what I think is categorically far more impactful and, you know, important issues. Nobody says anything. You know, they don't care about the budget, the $13 million you're spending. They don't care about the infrastructure improvements. They don't care about the things that are actually going to affect their lives. But you go catch a couple coyotes and and you get quoted in the newspaper. That thing had 250. Comments in one day. <laughs> well, what was funny to me is I got on one of these ridiculous threads, and all, all I really much, all I said was, I've definitely seen more than I've ever seen in my life. That's it. There, there's definitely an issue here. Um, you know, but, and then it got kind of crazy from there. And then, like, two days later, I saw you address it publicly, and sure. I was like, oh, this is, a, I'm obviously not the only person experiencing this right now. That's it. It's like Sharknado, but with coyotes. I've I've been hearing about this bullshit about coyotes in my bar the past week. It's been brutal. Well, you know, it takes one article and then it's the top of conversation for a couple days. Yeah, Yeah, the coyote. Look, I think there's also the animal rights component to it, and that gets people fired up. But there's a lot of coyotes 
because a lot of people are seeing them and a lot of mm-hmm. people are commenting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see if we can try to get it under control because yeah. nobody wants to lose a cat there you or are. dog. Thanks, man. You have yeah. it here. <laughs> it, it doesn't get more local than this. Coyote Parker issues. Destin, Coyotes and Destin, the Mid-Bay Bridge. He's going to go do it himself for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking about going to sleep tonight, but I think it's yeah, no, let's time go, to go let's get go some, after some yotes. <laughs> some wolf yotes. Let's go ban some yotes. <laughs> oh. Well, man, I, uh, it's unbelievable uh, just... I appreciate you, man. Yeah. I appreciate how much you do. I appreciate that you gave us an, uh, an hour and 15 minutes of your time to come on this, uh, you know, tiny little podcast, but super local. Um, I, I hope everyone who listened to this, uh, I'm going to suggest everyone get a cup of coffee before they start. Cause there's a ton of information in here. Uh, you really need to follow what you're saying. You did a great job, man. Thank you so much. Uh, that anything else, man? No, I appreciate you having me. Awesome. It, it helps out a lot because if I can get yeah. on this and a few people understand some mm-hmm. of the nuance of what we're doing at the Midbay Bridge or City of Destin, it helps a lot for the public well, discourse. With, obviously, with how much word spreads, if like if we can get ten listeners to this, maybe a hundred people will actually get some bit of information from. Well, them. yeah, I mean it's it so. is a is sort of a chain reaction because yeah. you'll see it. As long as one person is informed, they can have a dinner conversation with a couple more, and that prevents those four people from saying something wrong in Mm -hmm. other conversations, which you can watch it proliferate, but you typically see it online, but it happens in real life, too. Yeah. So, so go eat at Dewey's and Navarre? Oh, yeah. We got Dewey's and Navarre. Yeah. Oh, all sorts of things, man. Oh, man. Yeah, we got got Dewey's and Navarre open, so if you you want to find me and... You know, I can't run away if if you can't if you come out to Navarre and want to talk about political issues, I can't run away. I'm stuck yeah. there. So, yeah. you know, that's one way to trap me. Tell you here, order up. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate it, dude. No, wonderful. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Later. Don't, but there's one big dude.